host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe or you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. Leave a five-star review while you're there. I am so excited to share that this episode is brought to you by our friends at Motto. Motto is the new no-nonsense hookup app for gay and queer people. Hookup apps have become a staple in queer culture, but they also come with bullshit. Headless torsos, blank profiles, catfishing, and endless scrolling of the grid for hours. We've all been there. On Motto, every profile is verified by a real human and every photo has a face. Motto sends you daily matches of people who match your interests and kinks. There are no fees, no ads, and no nonsense. Get Motto today by going to tinyurl.com slash mottoblocktalk or visit the link in my link tree. Motto, gain queer hookups without the nonsense. And as always, follow me on Instagram and TikTok at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter at BlockTalkNYC, and visit theaternow.com for its news, reviews, and interviews. It's time to drag up the past as the queens were tasked to perform numbers and serve looks inspired by their first time in drag. And once again, things got spicy. It's time to talk all <laughs> things for the universe, too. And joining me is someone who has their first time in drag photo locked away. It's Precious Envy. Hello. Yes, you can see it from my cold, dead hands. Um, have you ever revealed it to anybody? Oh, I'm sure you can find it. Um, it was a, well, te- well, technically, the for my first time in drag was when um, when I was in college during uh, National Coming Out Day. They we our university did National Coming Out Week, so every day it was like panels, things like that. So it was a uh, in the dorms to kind of get people like involved and discussing about queerness and all that stuff. And so the week would end with this thing called Gender Bender, which is essentially a drag show, um, you know. And so the second year, my second year at, at uh, SF State, uh, I partaked in it, but I didn't do it as like female drag. I did it lip syncing just male songs. So I had like full on soft white face, uh, black lips. Like, you know, I called myself penance. Um, it was like, oh, so goth. So technically that would be like my first time lip syncing to another song. Okay. Um, but, okay. but dressing up as like, as a woman, oh girl, she was ugly. She was so ugly. Uh-huh. She was so ugly. It was like, no, I'm I, the one that I post, like it's a Halloween one. But the whole thing, I'm supposed to look like a burger queen. So that one you can find much more easier than uh, okay, okay, than the true. than the first one where it's like, girl, who hit you? Oh, oh, bad. All right, friends. As always, I must leave this disclaimer. It's, it's an entertainment podcast. We are discussing reality TV shows, characters as presented to through us through reality television. We are showing what the editing of a television show wants to see. We react to what is presented. Yes, these are real people and get an opportunity to go on television and share their craft, but they've also put themselves on the position to be discussed. What is said on this podcast is for entertainment to discuss a reality television show. All right, four episodes in, halfway through Queen of the Universe season two. How are we feeling? Um, I like the show for 40 minutes, and it's that last five that piss me off every single week. Well, not week one, not the first week. I, I, I figured that they were going to do two eliminations. I like the format of how they got rid of the girls, but the last two episodes... I don't know what's going on. They haven't really set a precedent of how they're getting rid of Queens. And it's been three eliminations or four eliminations, four very different elimination types. 
and girls who I thought should have been the bottom have were not the bottom. And I was screaming at my kid, my laptop yesterday morning and watching the episode, like, what the fuck? This is why we don't let studio audiences determine the fate of drag queens. We don't do it. Gotta, gotta have the judges' votes in there as well. No, right, especially especially a studio audience that is a host city. Correct. Uh, friends, don't forget about the podcast favorite game, Queen of the Universe Bumper Count. Take a drink every time your favorite li- of your favorite libation or non-alcoholic bevy every time we mention the use of the Queen of the Universe Bumper. Let's begin. We have a stupid okay. cold opening from Graham teasing an old photo of himself that he says no one will see. Until Michelle Visage steals the photo album. Ha ha ha. Mm-hmm. We all know where this is going. And just like that, we're moving into our first Queen of the Universe bumper count. There's your first drink. <laughs> right. Graham is going to waltz down the stage flanked by some hot people. What a life. Oh, those dancers. Oh, they are so gorgeous. And guess what? He hits Mark and we already get our Queen of the Universe bumper count number two. Take a drink, Graham. <laughs> Our competition continues as our final seven battle for the title of Queen of the Universe and a prize of $250,000. Now, I'm not trying to make light of the situation, but those following along with the Titan um, missing submarine, uh, that's what it costs to get you on one of those um, vessels. Um, Precious, do you believe in supernatural things? I do. What is at the bottom of the ocean that is pulling down these vessels? megalodons because i'm excited for the meg two i'm i saw that trailer was like the meg one was kind of stupid but i saw it anyway i will i'm gonna eat i'm gonna watch the shit out of the meg two and that's what's down there waiting for people to come so he opened his mouth and that submarine just went in it was like lunch meg three can't wait okay <laughs> our pop diva panel is complete once again as mel b is back and she brought her feisty claws once again they are ready to Ooh. scratch these bitches oh my god I, uh, apparently just don't sing any songs in front of mel b because uh mm-hmm. if it's like giselle royale killed her puppy <laughs> it's all and it, yes it's always to her shit what did she do you know what my theory is you know, Mel B did date Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy did have a thing for trans women. I think oh. it's just, I think, I think, I think she's a, uh, what's the word? Um, reflecting. I think it's like inner, uh, her inner hate for, uh, for being cheated on. She's put it, she's taken out on, on jazz. Ooh. Okay. Our theme is called My First Time as they are challenged to sing songs and serve looks inspired by their first time in drag. Uh, share, should you, do you want to share with the class what you performed um, in your first time in drag? Um, my very first performance was uh, science fiction double feature because it was for a one night only uh, production of Rocky Horror. Uh, so okay. I, uh, I cast myself as the usherette and I did, uh, so I did the opening and closing songs for, uh, for our little, like, little benefit show. Fabulous. Mm-hmm. Would you sing that if you were on Queen of the Universe? Oh, yes, I would totally do that. Right. I would, mm-hmm. And then they'd be like, oh, it's a ballad. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I think when it's like singers who do ballad, it just brings out so much more emotion 
then when you it's just like i i'm a ballad queen i'm old now and you know i am the I, opposite i hate a fucking ballad give me <laughs> dance music that being said you got to pick the right track and we're going to get to you violin mm-hmm. we're gonna get to you okay graham's gonna ask trissy what her first time was like and she says it was quick and dirty and she left with a fistful of wet money and then we see a photograph <laughs> of her first time in drag and i would never have given that person a single dollar <laughs> Uh, that was a mess oh oh tracy martel all right it's time to drag up the past first up we're gonna have a lot of backstage footage for our video packages mm-hmm. this week but we're gonna begin with maxi who states that everyone is very excited for this episode as they all get to learn about each other's past i think this is a bit of like a pigeonhole um like you're stuck doing this kind of challenge i don't love this as a theme but um i'm not creating the show they are yeah we learned that Maxie's first time in drag was at age 11. Her auntie is also a drag queen and helped her introduce her to the world. We learned that her auntie is a trans woman and a showgirl. Her shows amazed and inspired Maxie, and she taught her everything and let her borrow her wigs, makeup, and gowns. What a nice lady. I would have been like, no. Right. That's so. No, I would have said the same thing. Bitch, you find your own clothes. Um, but also too I also feel like I also feel like the fact that it was I think because her aunt was a trans woman I could see being like I I can see it blossoming in you a little young little young fairy so I can see them being like I'm going to teach you the ways so and I know drag is very expensive especially when you start so if you do have someone who is I think because they're a real family um, or it could be, it could be, you know, anti in a colloquial sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I can see it being like, I'm going to teach the way so don't fuck this shit up. That's fair. Maxie will share that she learned, she will be performing a song she learned from her mother. And this is her way to make sure that they are proud that she is performing internationally, not just locally. <laughs> I mean, yes, for her, this is international. She's on a big screen, a big international television program. But like for you, like all you got to go do is go to Canada once and you're an international queen. Exactly. Exactly. Or, or, or if I was in back in California, just go down to Mexico. And go hang out with Tyga. I'm sure you would love mm-hmm. to hang out with Tyga. Oh, he is so fucking cute. I no, I'd be, I'd be finding my way to Pixie Pixie being like, please, I love you. Make me one of your children. Now, while they're not there to support her, this is a celebration. Mm-hmm. What a feeling indeed. Let's talk about the look first. Uh, the look is by Jenny Chico, hair by Ian. I think the look is very cluttered, but I see what she's wearing and why she's wearing it because they were asked to wear something inspired by their first time in drag. Mm-hmm. At least this is an upgrade. It's very pop girly vibes. I'm still not sold on her execution of looks this season, but her styling is in line to who she wants to be as a vocalist. Um, it's fine. This is where I'm going to dock a lot of points is within her look. Yeah, I, I get like when they showed the picture of first time her first time in drag photo, I saw it's like, oh, I saw where she was going with the paying homage to that look of the past. But yeah, I do think she does have her sense of style is still still needs a little refining. Like yeah. she has a lot of ideas and a lot of her ideas are good, but I just think she needs to like, you know, less is more. Absolutely. All right. The song is What a Feeling by Irene Cara. You know, the Flashdance song. Oh. 
the set. Very smart having your name spelled out there. Very, very mm-hmm. I think the orchestration had a nice blend of 80s meets today and her vocals made it fresh. She truly had feeling for this song and it showed. <laughs> I think her voice still is growing and has room to explore, but I think it was a strong performance. I'm going to say that her vibrato and some of her longer notes are not my favorite, but that's a taste thing. That being mm-hmm. said, performance, she slayed it. She She's good on stage. Oh, she has a really good stage presence. I also feel like the girls who, you know, English is not their first language do. And the fact that I we haven't really, I think aside from episode one, or no, the duets had a little, had a little Spanish in it. But a lot of the queens have just been sticking to English, especially the ones who are like the like Maxi and uh, Aura, like they're not going into like their uh, native tongues uh, in a way. Yeah, I mean, we did get it with them for the uh, duet challenge. They did slip a little bit in. Oh, they, yeah, um, that's right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I think she she's got it. She's she's got the star power. Um, is she going to be like an international drag superstar, um, like our friend in Brazil? so but mm. i'm sure she's gonna be a superstar in philippines oh she's gonna be she's gonna be big in the philippines and you know uh philippines season three there you go literally <laughs> literally All right, here's what get a couple more years said. on her vanessa says that she gave them a connection from the exact color that she had at 11 to exactly what she's wearing now she says they see the transition she says great execution she says she's singing what a feeling and when she finished she turned her back to them she asks what was she feeling? Well, Maxie says she didn't want to cry because she did her makeup for an hour and she has been crying for two days because she misses <laughs> her family. Her mother taught her the song and they sing it if they feel like celebrating and she is celebrating that she is performing internationally. Michelle says it's one of her favorite songs and says that she made it her own. She says the transition from then to now is she is a grown-up pop star and not just in the Philippines, but the world. Mel B loved everything from the start to the end. She loved the ripping off of the skirt and the backdrop. She called it the dive of trust because if they didn't catch her, she's fucked. And she owned it. And Trixie says when she walked down the runway in the gown with a boot, she said what she would literally nut if that dress came off. And guess what, bitch? The dress came off. She says the tone, the look, that she couldn't have done it any better. Great. So the audience, let's hear how they felt. They gave Maxi 71% pitch perfect, 29% off key. My score, I'm going to give her a 9 out of 10. I would give her... I would do the same, 9 out of 10. All right, we're starting very generous. Moving on to our Queen of the Universe bump count number three. (laughs) We are going to start our video package for Miss Militia Skunt as Giselle asks if they want to talk about love at first sight all while Tyga is helping Militia into her corset. (laughs) Staged? I think so. Mm -hmm. If I were Militia, knowing what's going to end up happening in this episode and watching this back, knowing that my entire plot line in, in four episodes is a showmance that didn't come to be, I'd, yep. be, I'd be furious. Mm-hmm. She will say in her confessional chair that Tyga has been sanity and comfort and security as they clicked from day one. So basically, they, ha- they share key cards to their hotel rooms. Yep. Well, I would have too. Like, come on, he's gorgeous. She says she is not a relationship person, but she had her first boyfriend at age 23. And I'm like, bitch, I'm still waiting. I'm old. And (laughs) I just never, it's never happened. 
She will say that she was a late bloomer because she was terrified. She says her mom would shudder at seeing a gay kiss on TV. Her only exposure to gay people were people who were in church for, quote, recovery. Mm-hmm. Plus, she didn't come out until she was 19 when she was cast as Angel and Rent. She says that it wasn't until she saw her perform that she that her mother said, that's my son, and I taught her everything she knows. She says that all of a sudden it was acceptable, and most of the things she needed to be around other people and sort of see it from the outside and realize there was nothing wrong with her. She now feels great. This is her. And I was like, what's this got to do with your performance? I wanted to see her do Today for You. That would have been I think slave, that I would have been. I know they all would have clawed her to death. Oh, yeah. They would have clawed her to death. It was because she never mentioned Amy Winehouse being a big inspiration to her drag. And it really felt like the, the package that was put together was for a different episode. Absolutely. No designers for this look. Um, it's a look that's a bit grungy with all the plaid. I do appreciate the color blocking of plaid. The hair is fabulous and high, perfect for drag. I just don't like the cut of the dress. Like it's very short and you can see her cooch. It needed to be angled in a better way. And also boo choker. Come on. Give me full necklace, please. If you're going to um, give me all that <laughs> chest, drag it up. What did you think of this look? I actually loved it. Of course you did. That's, that's, you, that's your style. Uh, no, it no, was. No, I no, loved. No. I loved the plaid on plaid on plaid. It was just uh, the multicoloredness. It did. It, it for me. It did read very like San Francisco. Like it had yes. that. It had that element of like you know polished but not polished. You know, kind of feel. Yeah. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Um, I like the look, and I do like the look. Especially the hair had an Amy Winehouse feel to it. But it, again, I did feel like the look didn't really match the song. No. Um, but it felt like looking back at the entire episode, it did feel like they did everything they could to make sure she was on the bottom. She'll be singing Amy Winehouse's Love is a Losing Game. I'm not too familiar with it, but I can tell based on the vibe of the song who the artist was going to be exactly. Mm-hmm. I don't love her runs. The words blended into each other that made her need to, or, or to enunciate a little bit, articulate the words, break them apart. Um, this was a lounge performance. Like, why stay stationary on a swing for as long as she did? I don't get it. I just didn't also hear a connection to the song. It was a fine vocal, but this is more than just mm-hmm. a singing competition. It's drag, mama. This was not the week to play it safe. Yeah, this is one of my favorite, favorite Amy Winehouse's song. I love this song. So I'm like, and it did feel like when I was listening to it, I was like, it felt more like she was trying to do an impersonation than give it her own spin. So that was like when I heard, so I heard it, I'm going like, I'm like, she's trying really hard to like emulate the things that Amy does so well in, in her vocals. And then when the judges commented and said, you, it just sounded like Amy Winehouse. I was like, yeah, like it was a clear, like, um, intimidate, like uh, uh, imitation than uh, your own, your own creation. All right, Mel B will ask why she chose the song. Melissa will say that she was miserable and didn't understand why she didn't fit in. She was a nerd who came out a nerd kid who was at homeschool at 11. She says it was Amy who she found a few years later that made her feel she had a place in the world. She helped her believe she belonged. And Mel B will say she is glad that she explained it a bit more about why she chose that. 
Um, she will say that for her. It was just listening to Amy do Amy. Mm-hmm. Vanessa says she does Amy so well that she wanted a little less of her effect and imitation and a little more of her as they know she could do it. Trixie says there were some pitch issues, the first two lines, but says she looks good. And Michelle says that she wants to start with the 11-year-old child who was a little kid in the red dress who wanted to fit in and just couldn't. She says she fits in tonight. She's very sorry to hear that her truth was hidden by falsities, and she's happy that she's there being that beautiful soul that she is. Michelle, that's not a critique. That was Michelle's way of not critiquing her. Literally. She's like, Mel B's here. I don't need to be the mean good judge this season. Oh no, exactly. It's like it's like she's like, we hired Mel, so uh so I guess Michelle can be more of a Paula this season. Yeah. Um audience not a fan of the whole package. 12% pitch perfect, 88% off key. I'm going to be a little more generous. I'm gonna give her a seven. Um, I'll be going one step higher with an eight. All right, Queen of the Universe bumper count number four. Moving on to Aura Eternal, we start with Giselle telling us that Viola, Maxi, and Aura gravitated to each other. Uh, well, that's what kids do. They talk about Gen Z, things like TikTok. Also, wasn't like two nice. weeks ago where Maxi and Aura didn't like each other. So what time? Um, Aura I know, that was, that, well, that was the last episode. That was just like, we didn't know each other. So now, but now they're besties because they do edit together. Yeah. Aura says that they were exchanging opinions on music as they are very similar. Aura loves all the queens there as she is creating a new family. She met her first drag family on Drag Race Italia, and she even got a mom out of it. Her first international family is on Queen of the Universe. And when I heard her say the word first, I was like, oh, she is, in fact, being prepped for Verse the World. Come on. Oh, yeah. She's going to be on. It's going to happen. And I'm not mm-hmm. at all. You know, what? Um, I will say it's like watching her on Italia I never got, I was just like, I felt like they were praising her being like, what, why? She's like, I didn't get her her first season. I was like, I didn't really care for her, but um, I think her personality is shining a lot better here. And I'm like, oh, I think, I think if I had not watched Italia, I think I'd be fine with her. But having like the background of Italia being like, yeah, Italia is a hard show to get into. Um, all, but you weren't like one of my favorites and it did feel like they were pushing you to be higher than i thought you should have been uh but here i'm like no i think you're doing a really good job in this in this venue of uh, of sorts she is doing a mary j blige song called family affair and like giselle i too am trying to figure out what in the hell she knows about mary j blige I, I, uh, she chose this song because she was feeling the right thing the first time in drag she says the song is about having a great time because you feel comfortable with who you have around she wants to act like she's in the club with all of them. She just wants to live it. She wants to feel comfortable and have fun. And if she feels that, they will too. This look is by Devaron Cardone, hair by Aura, and necklace borrowed from Taiga Brava. This is a club look for sure. I think it's very cute. Mm-hmm. It's very Aura. I love the glove sleeves. Like those are some damn poofs. It's cohesive. It has the same color story. It was her first time in drag. I think it worked. It worked. I thought the outfit had, it was a very good club outfit, especially one that you want to move around in. Yeah. Like it didn't feel, it didn't feel restricting at all. And I'm like going, "Mm -hmm. yeah, girl, uh, I'm here for this. Would you wear those gloves? Oh yes. Mm -hmm. Probably not the sleeves. I don't, I don't like too much puff, but I do like, I do the the clear red sleeves, uh, clear gloves. Oh, pretty, pretty, pretty. 
All right, we got Family Affair, and I was shocked by this performance. I didn't think she had the R&B in her. I think there were moments that it was English as a second language, but she sold it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Her vocals are really special. They are strong, but it's playful enough for drag. The choreo was wild. Like, good for her to get all percolated. Um, there, there were some pitch issues, and that's where points get deducted. But I'm just having fun with her, and that's what drag should do. Be fun. Exactly. Where it was... Yeah, there were issues with her pitch here and there, but that's a hard song to do, especially when you're trying to give so much movement. Um, and she was she was doing those moves. It was like watching the music video. Yeah. Um, I like that she took a chance by doing something that was so outside the box for her that I was like, when I heard her say Mary J. Flies, I'm like going. Yeah. I was if she had said I'm doing like I'm going down, I'd be like, oh, okay, perfect. That's a great little like ballad that you can play with. Um, but it was like when she did Family Affair, I'm like going like this is like really like deep R and B, and I'm like going, I did not think this little Italian girl could, could get down like that, but she did, and it looked like she was having fun. And I think it's like comparing her to another girl who kind of did something similar in regards to the high energy. She sold it better for me. Yeah. Um, can I tell you my favorite Mary J. Blige song? And it's not even a Mary J. Blige song. It's a cover song that she does. Which one? Stay With Me as performed on the soundtrack for um, uh, 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 Umbrella Academy season one. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Remember when she was on that show? Oh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, such... Umbrella times. Academy. I love that show so much. So good. All right, here's the judge's thoughts. Michelle says that her voice sounded great, though she lost a little in the front when she got into it. She says she was so into it and controlled it enough to get back into it. She was into it. Very into it. She says that the movement was giving really endearing, dorky, hot girls. She compared it to what if the girlfriend (laughs) of yours had a couple extra drinks and we found out she could sing. To which Vanessa says that was that she was just giving very Mary J. Blige, who does this up skip one and two one and two <laughs> and that was exactly what she was doing she says that was choreography and not drunken hot girl stumble <laughs> lb says that the red hair is giving her a bit ginger spice but she can sing and dance and i was like oh you're just coming for everyone oh. oh aren't you going on tour with her <laughs> literally um she says the I'm song go for pause. she's the one that doesn't want to do this shit <laughs> There's, the song lyric wise is really hard to sing because it's really fast and that's hard to do to say on beat and do the trills and do all the other stuff. The audience gave her 76% pitch perfect, 24% off key. I'm going to give her a score of nine. Oh, yeah, I would say same, about a nine. I liked the look. I had fun with her performance. Um, and I didn't really, I couldn't really catch the pitch issues because I think I was just enjoying her having fun. Yeah. All right, Queen of the Universe bumper count number five. Lou, moving over to Tiger Brava. She has been doing drag for two years, but as a young child, she always wanted to sing. Two years? That's the same amount of time as the other bitch. There's a lot of a lot of these girls who are like, I've only been doing it for a couple of years. Yeah. She says her first memories of singing was when she was three years old. Her grandma, Abuelita Rebecca, is a very famous woman in Mexico for musical theater. Her name is Rebecca de Vivar. She sings because of her. She is 98 and did old movies, and she is a little embarrassed. She called her old, but come on, 98, it comes with the territory. Mm-hmm. No, no, but I can just already see the Abuelita being like, come here, 
Slap. Where's my chancla? Where's my chancla? She says she started singing ranchero music and would tell her all of the stories of what it was like to be on stage and made it made her realize it was somewhere she could get. Tiger says that she was unhappy when she stopped singing. She stopped for 10 years because she stopped loving the things she loved the most because she loved was in love with herself. She said mm-hmm. singing felt senseless because she thought being somebody who wanted to go out in heels was all wrong. She has lived 28 years of her life with a mask. Not anymore. The look is by Juan Oravides, hair by hair XCM, jewels by Gustavo Helguera. The look photographs so incredibly well. It's beautiful. But oh. in movement, it looked a bit flimsy. Visually stunning, flimsy mm-hmm. execution. Love the gold horns and the horns of the hair, giving you that ranchero vibe without imitating yep. the first original time and drag look. She's just a very striking human. Oh, this is a very striking image. Like it, like you said, it photographs so well. Um, I'm I'm trying to remember how how it moved on the screen because was her performance also had like the flowers on the stage? Yeah, it just flapped. Okay, I think I was just captivated by how well the dress and the stage worked together. Where I felt like yeah. this had, where I felt like she just had this long train and being like, oh no, that's just a, that's how they staged everything. I'm like, oh, they did a good job with how they staged her performance too. So she is doing Kesha's Praying, one of my all-time favorites. I mm-hmm. kind of wish that she was able to have an orchestration that had a little bit of that like ranchero sound to it. But mm-hmm. that's just me being very nitpicky and wanting things. Yeah. Um, I just also cannot believe that they covered that stage in roses. Like, who the fuck is going to clean it up? How long did that take? I'm wondering, I want to say, I wonder how long between each performance they give to like set up for the next queen. Listen, if it's like Eurovision, they get 45 seconds, they can do a fucking shit ton. <laughs> now, vocally, this song is a powerhouse, and I think she did pretty well. Mm-hmm. My mind was fluctuating whether I liked it or not, but she saved it at the end. She slayed. She really has a solid tone, and I think there is something special about her. She is the drag package that could win this show, but she mm-hmm. is not the best vocalist of this group. Kind of how things yeah. were like last year. Um, but that final note was sweet. I yeah I I think I wanted her like because that that note that Kesha does is so like iconic. Um, I think I was like I, I'm like I was happy with how she did it for her how she used her own vocals to do it, not trying to replicate it. Like it's trying to do that take on me high thing where you just end up cracking your voice because you can't reach it. Um, yeah. But I thought overall, I think. I thought I think this was the strong this was the second strongest performance in my opinion um of all the queens together and it just had like it had emotion it the staging everything about it just was like she did a really great job putting uh, putting this together Trixie will say it was so beautiful as she had her the whole time she says it felt so genuine she was the only one there Michelle says everything about her looks like a little living doll. She says her voice, the timbre, the vibrato, the way she uses it, so beautiful. And she says the falsetto pitch was beautiful. Vanessa says, thank you for giving such a journey visually, but also showing up today who she really is. Mel B says that her vocals were beautiful with every word articulated. She says she could feel the sincerity and sensitivity in what she was saying. She says it was gorgeous. Audience enjoyed it. 84% pitch perfect, 16% off key. Mm-hmm. I'm going to also give her a score of nine. I'm actually going to give her a score of 10. 
Oh, perfect score. Wow, look at mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. First bumper count number six. <laughs> Let's move on to Giselle Royale. She says she is someone who dedicated her entire life to this art form. She did her very first pageant at age 19. She has won so many pageants that she could not sit there and name them all. And she is still not named Miss Continental, which is, is a power move to not even be able to name it yet. You, like mm-hmm. you, you have to be that good to not, to not have to throw that out there. Yep. She is excited for her song as she gets a chance to sing for Vanessa by singing one of hers. She loves Vanessa Williams and reminds us all that she is the fast first Black woman to win Miss America. She has been an international inspiration all of her life at seeing a Black woman carry herself like that because she saw herself. Giselle says, she's been through a lot of things in her life and to think that she's still there makes her emotional. She says a lot of people discriminated against her and called her names. And says that Black entertainers have to work a lot harder to get the same respect. She says because of Vanessa's resilience and talent, she was able to become a superstar. This will be a full circle moment for her and expresses to her the impact that she has had on her life. She says if she could go back and tell that person, see, I told you. Now, the look has no designers because I'm clear, it's clearly from a closet. She's had this for a while. This gown is perfection. It would oh, win this gown. the gown category. The jewels she pairs with are remarkable. The hair is stunning. She is a pageant queen through and through. I'm obsessed with this look. Like, I hope she oh. wears it to the grocery store. This is, oh, this look is just, mm, like, the red cascading down with the white. Oh, it, yeah, this was probably, uh, this was, like, the look alone is tense across the board. It was obvious she was going to do Save the Best for Last. Like, what a beautiful song. Mm-hmm. Her voice was so pure and sweet and, and and just beautiful. I think some of her upper notes needed to be fully finished, but I think it was a very remarkable vocal. The performance, simple, sweet, sitting on the moon with the sexy boys just posing around her, great. Yeah. Also, there's my boy once again, Charlie Goddard. Like, he's my favorite dancer. He was there last season. He's there this season. Um, I would like to marry him. So, Charlie, let's do it. Um. That's okay. You can have Charlie. I'll take the other one. Great. Uh, did the performance lack pizzazz? Sure. But she is a solid singer and the mm-hmm. room was on their feet for all the right reasons. So even if she didn't do anything, it's okay because there was a story. Yeah, she sold the song. Whereas like Militia stayed in one place and needed to do more. She didn't. She she didn't need to move at all. Like all the it was it was captivating there on um on what she on what she what she what she had like simple like the staging was done beautifully it wasn't a simple staging but it was her performance like she didn't have to go over the top with it because she was sure she was she sold it with her voice and before the judges speak graham will ask why she sang the song for the woman herself she says that she first saw Vanessa in 1993 on Soul Train, and it was something about that that captivated her. When she started doing drag, she performed Dreaming. This was her moment to pay homage to her. This is her Life Achievement Award. So what will Vanessa say? She says that the song is not as easy as you think. She says you think it's a throwaway song with the intervals are tough because if you don't hit them, you are really apparent. She says she made them all feel, and the fact that she can move the audience, this is her moment. Trixie says she knows she looks like a Muppet and a puppet, but her favorite type of drag is touchability and silhouette and hyper-feminine presentation. And just before she even sings, she is hook, line, and sinker for her. Michelle says that the song is really about the voice and thinks she had one wobble in the word crazy, but says it was beautifully done. 
Her one teeny tiny request is that it's been three bells in a row and wants an up-tempo track next time. And based on what the theme is, she's going to get it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Melby. Oh, Melby. Says it's very overly confident for her to be singing a classic song and to the lady that sung it being right there. She says this is her song. She thinks Vanessa was being very nice. Some of it was quite nasally and some of the notes didn't hit at the end. Vanessa will then say she would have liked to hear her sing Dreamin' and but Mel will end it with that she looked stunning. I I just don't get what Mel's doing here. Um I don't either. The first, because week, it's like... the first week I thought, okay, maybe the, Giselle's gonna win. They need to have a, a story arc because you can't just hand mm-hmm. it to her. But now this is the second critique from Mel out of three. The th- one she wasn't at, she got glowing reviews. What is it yeah. about Mel B and Giselle Royale that is not clicking? I don't know. Like I said, my, like I said, her her, her ex uh, had a had a thing for uh, for transsexual women. Maybe she's projecting on Gis- on Giselle. Um, but also too, the competition is Viola's comes up right behind her doing a Freddie Mercury song. And she does not say a single thing of about how Freddie Mercury, how if you're going to do a Freddie Mercury song, you have to hit those high notes. You have to be Adam Don't Lambert. Worry, I'll say it. You can, you'll say it. But I was just like, she's critiquing. I'm all, you can say that about any one of those songs that came out beforehand. The fact it's like going, oh, you you don't hit, you're, uh, you're not Kesha. So why are you singing Kesha? It, it, you can say that about anything. Um, or the fact being to Aura, like, listen, little white girl, don't be doing black music. You could have said anything, like, she could have had bad critiques for everybody. But the fact that it's like, yeah, it seems like she's honed in on Giselle's song choices. Because it's not like she's Giselle is fucking these songs up. She's singing them wonderfully. But to her, it's just like, oh, Adele, you, you shouldn't touch Adele. Oh, you're singing... Um, what what if she, next week she should come out and do a seduction song and see what happens? She had them no, all doing fucking. I want her. She, I want. They her all next did Spice week. Girls. I'm gonna do Spice Girls next week and really see what the bitch has to say. She will well, do. No, they oh had my God, them you're do, paying homage to me. Well, no, they had them do fucking wannabe as as their elimination but not, but song. Not Giselle. Yeah, not Giselle, Giselle was well, because she got voted high. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand what it is. I. Yeah. Maybe there's something we're not seeing in the room. Maybe this is all planned. It could be planned. It could be planned, yeah. 9% pitch perfect, 11% off key. I'm going to give her a score of 9.5. I'll do, I would do nine. Queen of the Universe, Bumper Cap number seven. Okay, let's move on to Twinkie Harry Potter, um, Mm -hmm. Viola. She says her first time in drag was a musical. She wanted to play the role as she saw drag queen play the role. She was in full costume makeup all done up and she loved the feeling. She has been doing drag for two years, but says she's pretty unique. She says she will be singing one of the first songs she ever sung in drag. She is feeling quite confident and thinks she has the best voice in the competition and she's being serious. She knows that the judges are looking for the whole package and a pop star and she says that's her. She wants to show them. All right. The look is by Viola and Ramona Love. Sometimes with these shows, I have the sixth sense. I can tell what's about to happen. Based on this look, 
I mm-hmm. knew we were getting Freddie. It's nothing Freddie about it, maybe besides the name on the back of the road. Yeah. There's nothing Freddie about it, but I knew we were getting Freddie. Because you do not come out in that kind of drag and not do fucking Freddie Mercury. Yeah. Also, tell me this is not Susan from Grinders kid. <laughs> uh, let's be honest, this look is abysmal. It is so bad. That being said, oh, Viola, this- I see the harness call me. <laughs> <laughs> what 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 happened like th- this is like just see what's in the closet quick drag this was like i want to give you i want to give you something punk rock edgy but it's like but it, but it's someone who doesn't know what punk rock edgy is um it's like she googled um edgy edgy male and saw a harness and said i'll wear this yeah her look was like so bad it didn't i didn't i didn't get don't stop me now from this look and i i hands down i this was my worst performance of the night and the fact that she was safe all right i am a freddie mercury and queen stan he is my number one i love i love when artists perform queen Mm -hmm. because the music is important to me but baby if you're gonna do it you better do it I yeah. knew the song was going to be Don't Stop Me Now. I just had that gut feeling, and I was terrified before it even started because I knew she was not going to be able to do it justice. Dare I say it? I sing it better in the shower. I have a better vocal range for this song. The vocal was all over the place. She does not have the pop vocal for this song. She is Mm-mm. far too classically trained to do this number. If she yeah. had done like Somebody to Love, it would have been a better track for her. She Mm -hmm. had fun. The dancers were hot. Listen, this was a drag performance. Clock malicious face watching it. She is not impressed. This Mm -hmm. was so cringe. Like it was watching a younger sibling at a talent show and they are living their best life. But you're sitting in the back and you're like, we are not related. I don't know her. Yeah, it did kind of give senior senior year talent show. Because again, she's only what, two years out of high school. Um I think if she would have gone a ballad, the ballad route of either somebody loved, um, I want to break. So even if she did, I, ballad. even if she did, like I want to break free, or who wants to live forever, something that could really showcase her voice. Her voice, but this was like she had no control over the high energy. Um, the vocal was just kind of off for me, and yeah, it was just kind of like I'm like. Yes, you wanted to show that you could have fun, but I think it was like a mix of her interview was so overly confident to this performance. I was like, oh, yeah, she's she's going to be at the bottom this week. Um, oh, girl, you might be going home. And then there, there, there no. are so many other song choices to go that I know that clearly like without saying it she played killer queen in mm-hmm. uh, we will rock you yeah don't stop me now is one of the character songs i get the correlation it's just not right for this competition again you want you want you want to give us an up tempo give give mm-hmm. us crazy little thing called love at least you can play yeah. around with that um fine try we will rock you i'm here for that mm-hmm. don't stop me now is a song for a very particular vocalist yeah. not not her and i love but, Viola. i'm a big fan this was not but it was great. also she performed that in high school it was a high school production two weeks ago 
which was again two weeks ago. So the fact is, like, you know, she may have been like, oh my God, your Don't Stop Me Now was amazing. And she's probably been living on the high, being like, oh, I'm going to do it again for this stage and being like, yeah, may have used that performance, might have worked in high school, but it doesn't work here. All right. Trixie says she started drag in musical also, where someone was supposed to be a drag character and they dropped out. She filled in in an ultimate type A gay move, says she's. I know the whole number and fits her costume. She will say that her look is on the level of her first time in drag look, and she loves the original look, uh, which I'm not sure if that was a compliment or be, or reading her, but either way. I think it was a read. Michelle says that the song was very ambitious and risky of her and says that her vocals were kind of all over the place. She thinks that the look is too basic. She says she has to amp it up. Ooh. Vanessa says that the good thing is she had good breath support. The bad thing is some of her lower notes she didn't quite at the bottom. She doesn't know if it wasn't in a range, but the, her bottom notes were not consistently in pitch. Mel B will say that what she's about to say is not very nice, but she's going to be as constructive as possible. She says her performance was very school play and very amateur and tells her that she is better than that. She says that they are halfway through the competition and she can't let anyone, anything drop because someone else is going to snatch her place and she will be gone and she doesn't want to see her gone. Um, no, the critique was, you're not Freddy, don't try to be Freddy. Yeah, mm -hmm. but again, we we even said it, it was very much it was school play, and that's what it read. Audience, six percent pitch perfect, ninety four percent off key. I was that ninety four percent. I'm going to give this a score of six. Um, I'm going to go four. All right. Yeah, four. Account number eight. And here we go with Trevor Ashley. Her first time in drag was 17 years old, and it was in the late 90s in the era where you still comfortably weren't able to be a flaming homosexual. Mm -hmm. She was trying to do everything not to be gay, but her parents knew and said it was fine. <laughs> she says her mother was amazing and supportive. She would be at her job and then race her to singing lessons and piano lessons and acting class. She is very grateful. She says her mother was her biggest fan and they lost her a few months ago. She says the sort of grief takes a lot to get over and she doesn't know if she'll fully get over it. Mm -hmm. She is singing one of her favorite songs to remember her and send love to all the other gay boys who lost their moms the most special person in their life and sing it for them. No designers listed. Very classic drag look. Love the blonde hair. The black gown with the accoutrements didn't quite read for television, but it served her well. It's nothing to write home about, but it's true to her style. Yeah. It had, uh, the look was very classic, classic pageant. Yeah. So I think, so it's like, but I think it's like, for her vibe of being a little bit more old school, I thought it. Yeah. I thought the look was perfect for her. Sitting on the piano, Trevor will be taking on Bette Midler classic, The Rose. Mm. This was a very touching and sincere performance, which was a nice change for her. I think it was a simple performance with a very striking image with the dancers just forming a beautiful formation around the piano. I have realized I just don't love her tone and the way she doesn't finish words with to make way for her vibrato. I don't like that at all. Um, it's not the same, but it's very similar to how I feel about Prada Lapone and I hate <laughs> her voice. I can't do it. I can't do it. Oh God, um, the games are the games are coming. The games are coming. I know they're gonna destroy me. Um mm -hmm. wait we talk about Beyonce. Uh if emotions <laughs> were judged, she gets tens across the board. She mm -hmm. is a professional, she is right for drag. I just can't fathom her winning this competition. 
Uh, yeah, I don't think they're gonna. I don't think she's gonna win. But this performance, the rose is probably is one of my favorite Bette Midler songs. It is just so beautiful, so stunning. Uh, I liked how I I loved what the, the dancers' movements were just were just conceptual, turning into a flower. It was very. I felt it was very simplistic, a little bare bones compared to some of the other girls. But in that ness, even if she wasn't hitting notes like perfect i was feeling the emotion that was coming from her and it wasn't she wasn't also letting the emotion take over because sometimes you have the you know too much you hear it in your voice as you know as your voice cracks from uh from you know when you start to like let loose or uh when your emotions start to let loose let um, loose no we haven't got that let, song yet. let loose i said let loose. we're waiting for lucy let you got queen of the university season three well, what if there's a se- uh, theme in a season where you have to do a drag queen song? Oh my god! Oh my god! Trixie Mattel will be like, "Here's my discography." Um, <laughs> Literally. Mm-hmm. Listen, Trixie's discography is a plus. I don't care what anyone says. She no, is I like her. Brilliant. I, I, I like her. her. I like her. I um, would. I, for me, I'd be doing Alaska's numbers, but you know, just because dare, I love dare her too. I say one of my favorite tracks that Trixie Mattel does is with someone you're seeing tonight, Mr. Orville Beck. Um, also, mm-hmm. um, just be, be be sure you um, don't do anything bad. Orville Peck's gorgeous. Stop. I know he's gorgeous. I'll be on Sniffies during the show to be like, is he on? Is he on? Just don't throw your panties up there. Or your jock strap if you're Alexis Michelle. Oh my god, yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Michelle says she wants to touch upon how lucky she was to even have a mother that loved her and supported and accepted and encouraged her. She says, though, the time was cut short. She guarantees that she is with her in spirit 100%. Mm-hmm. She says that the song, even though it's a Bette Miller classic, is an iconic song. She says this is the first pitch-perfect song she's heard all season. I was like, what? <laughs> it's not across on TV. Mel B says that it's really hard to sing such an emotional song and still hold it because the first thing that goes when you get emotional is your voice. But she says she did what she came to do. Vanessa says that they were all moved to tears and not even knowing the story. They made them feel they should ha- know her story. She congratulates her on being on in the moment and giving them the pure, simple energy. And Trixie says that she looks so beautiful and it's the best makeup she's done. She says that this is the standard now. She has to be this good forever now. So good luck. The audience, 74% pitch perfect, 26% off key. My score, I'm going to give her an eight. It's a 10 for me. Whoa. Queen of the Universe. I, th- number nine. I, I said, I said, uh, I said there were two songs, two that like were perfect for me. Tigress and Trevor. All right. So as you know, friends, we go through my power rankings, my scoreboard based on combining the scores throughout the week. So here is how it goes. At the bottom still is Trevor Ashley. Followed by Militia Skunt, then Viola. We have a tie for Maxi and Tyga. Second place for me is Aura Eternal with Giselle riding high at 27.5 out of 30 points so far this season. Here is how the audience ranked our queens this episode. First place is Giselle Royale, then Tyga Brava, Aura Eternal, Trevor Ashley, Maxi, Militia, and Viola. So they were correct on Mm -hmm. one person. Because now it's time for the studio audience to vote for their favorite queen. And I just still want to know how this bullshit works. Because either these people are deaf or they just hate America. 
I think both. Because um, when I rewatched, because I was uh, when I rewatched the recap, I was like, I, I was like, Viola is in the bottom, but who's going to join her? And when I did the recap, I was like, oh, it's probably going to be Militia because it's it was too it sounded too much like the original artist, and it wasn't like her own. She didn't make it her own enough. And then when they started putting it down, and when I was like, well, Aura was safe. Aura had a great vocal. She had a fun performance. And then when they called Viola safe, I was like going like, you British motherfuckers, keeping to, keeping to your own. All right. So the Queen's going through are Giselle, Trevor, Maxi, Tyga, and Viola leaving Aura and Militia as the bottom two. Um, absolutely not. Like, again, I don't want Mm-mm. to see Viola go home, but facts are facts. She is in the bottom this week. And even Aura being the other bottom makes very little sense to me. It, it felt like they were like, hi, we don't really have much more to do with Malicia's story. So we have to make sure she goes home because if Viola had gone down there, I don't know if they would have saved Malicia over, over Viola. And they're like, well, we're going to guarantee that they'll save Aura over Malicia. Fate lies in the hands of the Pop Diva panel. And there is no song for survival this week why why do we keep changing up the format week after and that was that was my issue too last week when they did the pop d when they had like the lip sync song i was like or not lip sync song just their song i was like why wasn't it hi you're both doing the same song this they did that last season it was the same song where they where they had to pick a song to sing uh, okay i don't i guess i don't i don't i don't remember yeah i I don't remember Um, last season at all Mel will save the queen she feels has more to give and learn, and that's Militia Skunt. Trixie will choose Aura Eternal. Vanessa says she always wants more and was surprised by the more that she got, and that was Aura Eternal. And finally, Michelle, as the deciding vote, says she they were both great, but saw a rebirth from Aura Eternal. Aura says Militia is eliminated. Do you agree? No. Yeah, I don't agree either. Um, am I, do I have an emotional connection to Militia the, the way I do certain other people? Uh, no. Do, I still can't fathom that Trevor Ashley is still here. That's my biggest thing. This is not the week she should have gone, and I think that saves her ass. Um, but that's how the show works. I, you know what? I felt the same way last last week when I was watching last week. The the performance that didn't do it for me, which I thought was going to be bottom, was the Tyga the Viola like pop number. Yeah. I was like, this is mm, this isn't working for me. And when it was like when they were safe and it was Lomas to see and Trevor, I was like, oh, they 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 just don't. Want, I'm like, they want, just want to get rid of the old bitches. I'm all because those are the two oldies right there. Um, and then when they were like, we're saving, we're saving. And I thought between the two songs. Trevor sold This Is Me better than uh, Love Mississippi did with And I'm Telling You. And I'm just like, but I also feel like And I'm Telling You is such a hard song to do. Just you need, that's the song you need motion. You need to be working the stage because you need to be like building up to those notes. And it just felt like when you're just there to stand there and just sing it, you're like, mm, it doesn't have it's the same impact. It's much easier to lip sync. It's much, it's still a still hard song to lip sync um, because you still have to give it all that earns um but yeah it's like it did feel i'm like i was like oh they just trying to be like oh we can only have one american so we're keeping uh um miss royale uh so sorry bye yeah. girl go home all right queen of the universe bumper count number 10 i got one burden question for you to wrap this podcast are you mm-hmm. ready yes after four episodes the winner of the season is
Well, I feel like uh, who I think should win, I think should be Giselle. Correct. Who I feel like production wants to win. If they fucking crown Viola, I'm going to be rioting. I'm going to Britain and rioting. I I think I've cracked the code. Giselle mm-hmm. is who I think should win. She deserves to win. Yeah. Based on the video packages, I think the winger's Tiger. I would, you know what, um, if, it, if, if the thing is, if Viola goes home next week and when it comes down to it, if it comes down to like the top three and I think every one of them is deserving, I wouldn't care who actually wins. Yeah. But I think last season, I didn't think it was going to be, uh, what was her name? Gorge, Gorge Queen? Grag Queen. Grag Queen. I don't know. You gotta remember that name. You might be seeing her name a lot soon. Uh, that's the only re- and that's the reason why she won. Yep. I didn't I didn't think I didn't think she should have won. I I thought other other people who were stronger vocalists. In a box, in a box, in a box. Mm-hmm. And I but I but it was like, oh, if they're trying to make drag race Brazil a thing, this there we go. There it is. All right, where can there we find it is. you on social media, Venmo, and any projects you want to plug? I can be found on Instagram as Harry is Precious as Harry. The uh, Twitter is Envy of Precious. The Venmo, Precious Envy. Uh, if you're at Madison Square Garden the next two nights, you'll find me there because I'll be listening to Orville Peck tonight and The Cure tomorrow. Woo! Um, and then I'll be in Michigan for a week. Uh, but yeah, nothing, nothing draggy, you know. You know, I'm an old bitch. <laughs> I'm too old for these young queens now. Um, but yeah. Hmm. That's where you can find me. Send me a like, send me a follow, send me $5, you know, you know, help a bitch out. Amazing. Well, this was fun. Thank you for being here. No problem.